everybody. Welcome into the back room. I'm Andy Ostroy. Great show for you today with Juliana Margulies. We're going to talk with Juliana in just a second. But first, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you listening, and we'd love to hear your comments. So email us at backroomandy at gmail.com and or post on our social media, and we'll read some feedback next time. And if you like the podcast, please follow or subscribe, and you'll be notified every time we post a new episode. It's time for Juliana Margulies. She's an Emmy, Golden Globe, and Screen Actors Guild Award winner, currently starring as Laura Peterson on Apple TV Plus's The Morning Show. She previously starred as Alicia Florick on the long-running hit CBS show The Good Wife, which she also produced and was one of the original cast members of ER. More recently, Juliana starred on critically acclaimed series including Billions and The Hot Zone and has added author to her list of credits with the release of her memoir, Sunshine Girl, An Unexpected Life. She's been involved with Project ALS and Erin's Law and is also a board member of the New York City-based MCC Theatre Company. Juliana, welcome into the back room again. Thank you for having me. Happy yeah. to be here. When I reached out to you, I was like, you are a proud, passionate, outspoken Jew like me. Mm-hmm. And the world seems to be on fire with anti-Semitism and all this craziness. And I thought you'd be a really interesting person to talk with. Because when you were here last time, we did get into the work you're doing with the um, Museum of Jew- Jewish Heritage and the Holocaust Education Program there. And you have been outspoken in the last several weeks. And so I thought it would bring a different perspective than the typical politicos that I've been having on to talk about it, or the people who are in the business of it, like Jonathan Greenblatt, who I know is a a good friend of yours. Um, Before we get into that, just want to go a little light for a minute or two and tell you that I finished season three of The Morning Show. (laughs) My God, that season is epic and you are amazing and so oh thank my... you yeah it was a good i was a, i enjoyed it you know I'm, I'm not in it enough to um panic when my husband says let's watch it <laughs> because usually i don't really like watching myself um so i enjoyed it kind of like the audience you know except for my scenes which i you know watched through the through my fingers but um it was an epic season i thought it really was and i i didn't expect like the last few episodes for it to take the turns that it did. And it was really very unpredictable, but really gripping. And uh, your scenes, they may be few, but uh, your character is just so rich. So my hat's off Thank to you. you. I'm sure you're thrilled to be back working. The strike is over. It's thankfully. just nice to talk about it. Right. Like be able to, you know, because the whole time we were, it was airing, I couldn't talk about it. So it's just so nice to be able to talk about it now. But I think I do think... I do believe there will be a season four of the morning show, which originally wasn't supposed to happen. Awesome. So, um, yeah. So I'm excited. That's great. I'm going to bridge the conversation between morning show and all the Jewy stuff. There's a story with you and the star of David and across on the show. Do you want to just explain that? I had been asked to speak at the Variety Summit on anti-Semitism and how our business, how the entertainment business could... Uh, tamper down some of the tropes that seem to be attached with the Jewish people. Um, you know, the same way that Will and Grace managed to bring um, gay marriage into the conversation mm-hmm. and get people behind rallying for, um, you know, LGBTQ rights. So what I was talking about at this summit was 
it had never dawned on me when I went into my costume fitting to play Laura Peterson on the morning show. It had never dawned on me when the costume designer, who I love, I think she's genius, put a cross on Laura Peterson. I was like, okay, hmm. sure. I brought it up at the summit because it has never been my experience in this business that someone tried to put a Star of David on me or a high or something in Hebrew. And what would that say without having to discuss her religion? Because she wears a cross and she never talks about religion. She's a gay woman who, who, who I don't think is religious at all. In my mind, Laura Peterson wears the cross because she probably got that cross from one of her, you know, field work somewhere. And she wears another thing because she probably got that in Egypt and, you know, all the artifacts she's collected over. Like it all made sense to me at the time. But when I was asked to speak, I thought, why didn't I say no to a cross? Because mm. everyone's used to seeing people with crosses, but no one's used to seeing people with a star of David. Not that she should ever talk about her religion. I hate religion, by the way. I think it's fucked up the entire world. So I am not a religious person. But I do wonder if we could change the dialogue around Judaism to instead of it being a caricature to just be like, look at that awesome journalist lesbian woman wearing a wait, is that a Star of David? What's that about? Mm -hmm. But not talk about it. So that's why I brought that up. Like, it's so easy. And I've played many characters who wear crosses and I've never given it a second thought. But no one's actually ever tried to put a Jewish symbol on me. So maybe in so season maybe in season four, Laura Peterson can go through conversion <laughs> therapy, but from <laughs> Christianity to Judaism. Stay a what lesbian, but now four, become Jewish. I would love in season four to for Laura Peterson to go to Columbia and teach a class to the, the LGBTQ uh, filmmakers there or journalists and teach a class and, and give them an earful about Hamas. That's what I would love. <laughs> well, you know, you mentioned, we talked before about the, the Holocaust education program. It is about education. You know, yeah. you know, with uh, 7,000 kids know nothing about the Holocaust, right? In 2021, I, I really saw that Trump had left this horrific hole um, when he legitimized uh, anti-Semitism by saying there are good people on both sides after the Charlottesville march, mm -hmm. which is why... I started the Holocaust education program to begin with because I truly do believe that I'm seeing it clearly now that education is the most important part of a child's life. Mm -hmm. It plants the seeds. It stops the ridiculousness of, look, I'm not even a religious Jew. I wasn't even bat mitzvahed. I, it's not, it's, it's, if anything like this had happened in the black community, for example, 900 protesters left stranded on the tarmac in DC on their way to the rally because all the bus drivers mm -hmm. walked out. Mm -hmm. If that had happened to any other marginalized community, this country would be in an uproar. Mm -hmm. But because it happened to the Jews, for some reason, it's laughable. and. There's just such a strange story woven into anti-Semites, anti I should say, because I'm the first person to march in Black Lives Matter. When that happened to 
to um, George Floyd, I put a black screen on my Instagram. Like I ran to, to support my black brothers and sisters. When LGBTQ um, people are being attacked, I run. I made a commercial for same-sex marriages with my husband in, in 2012. Like I am the first person who, to jump up when something is wrong, as I think most Jews are because we have been persecuted from the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. not, not just in World War II, but literally from the beginning of time mm -hmm. when we first lived in Israel, way before anybody else. And so I, I guess what's happening to the crazy people out there who are getting their news from TikTok, maybe, um, which in my estimation after this whole Osama bin Laden letter should be banned. Mm -hmm. TikTok should be banned. Social media literally has distorted pretty much all of history. Mm -hmm. And we are forgetting the what's important. And humanity, where's the humanity? Before one bomb was dropped on October 7th, before one bomb was dropped in retaliation for a brutal, barbaric attack, people were already on their bullhorn saying the Jews deserved it. What? Where's your humanity? They put babies in ovens and killed them. Mm -hmm. The thing you said before, like for some reason, I mean, let's get into that. The, the, the reason, to me, the reason is people hate Jews. They've Why? always... Why? That's what I want to know. Why? My theory is throughout history, Jews have always been industrious. They've been successful, resourceful, accomplished. And that threatens a lot of people. Like if you're not those things, you and that, you know, the, the, you just become the, 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 the subject of scapegoating and the source of other people's poverty or the source of other doesn't mean Jews control this, Jews control that. It's all it's those same. Of course, it's bullshit, but it it works. It's worked through the Crusades, the Spanish Inquisition, the Russian pogroms. Hitler ran to yeah. you know he ran with it, and so I think that's just it's just what it is. And you're a hundred percent right. You know, if 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 we use the wrong pronouns on college campuses, there'd be an uproar. Oh my God! Yeah, look, look what's happening. And so, and that's not to denigrate those, the use of it, pronouns. It's those kids who are spewing this anti-Semitic hate that have no idea if they stepped foot in an Islamic country, these people who want us to call them they, them, or what, whatever they want us to call them, which I have respectfully mm -hmm. really tr made, made a point of doing, like be whoever you want to be. Mm -hmm. It's those people that will be the first people beheaded and their heads played with a soccer ball, mm -hmm. like a soccer ball on the field. And and that's who they're supporting? Terrorists mm -hmm. who don't don't want women to have their rights, don't want LGBTQ people get executed. Mm -hmm. Bar none, you're dead. Well, and this is who you're supporting. It is so insane to me that it is laughable if it wasn't so sad. There's got to be a reason why people are embracing, young people are embracing Hamas, why young people are embracing Osama bin Laden. I mean, for fuck's sake, 
I mean, it's unfathomable. That's how it's crazy it is. And where are the professors right. calling all of these students into the auditorium and saying, hold on a minute, guys, do you understand what a terrorist organization is about? Mm -hmm. Learn what you are supporting. Tearing down posters of kidnapped, by the way, from 17 countries and not all Jews. Mm -hmm. There are Muslims, Christians, Catholics, Buddhists, mm -hmm. and Jews that are being held hostage. Mm -hmm. And you're ripping down posters? Why? What is that going to do? What What are you actually trying to say? That's the other thing. It's like... Oh, um, what they're trying to what? say is, I hate Jews. Yeah, I, I mean, there's, there's no way... There's no way... It, it's almost like when everybody was saying, why are people supporting Trump? Why are people in the MAGA yeah. cult, you know... It, right. It, it's because they're racists. Like, I mean, it's it's we it's hard to accept that as a reason, because to some people, that's just an oversimplification. That's why you get the economic story that they're just economically challenged. But that's bullshit. They're racists because that's what he's that's what he's putting out in the world. And that's what this is about. It's it's you have one group. To me, it's just about hypocrisy. You have the, a group of people who are very upset, and rightly so, that innocent people, Palestinians in Gaza, are being killed, children being killed. I get all that. No one, wants to, no one wants to see anybody get killed, especially innocent people. Their argument is they're not Hamas, they're not part of the government, they didn't sign up for this shit, and they are being killed. How does that differ than the people on those hostage posters, right? They didn't sign up for this shit. They're not and part of it. how does that differ from the barbar? Did any of those innocent civilians in Israel ask right. to be raped, beheaded, and right. put in oven. And by the way, celebrated, like they were literally, they would kill a woman, rape her, and film it. Yeah, and the guys would call their Isn't moms the and say, hey, I killed 10 Jews today, you know. But that, so but it's hypocrisy, the but the only it's way to explain hypocrisy. that, the only way to explain it is that so, it's because they hate Jews. Yeah. I hate saying yeah. that, but that's... I, I went down that hole. I went down the hole, the rabbit hole of learning about who Hamas was, mm -hmm. because I thought when all this started un unraveling, I thought you better learn that which you want to talk about. Mm -hmm. Otherwise I have no right to talk about it. So I spent um, a, a Friday by myself after October 7th and I watched um, the documentary called The Green Prince, which is based on the book, Son of Hamas, mm -hmm. Mossad Hassan Youssef. He was being groomed because, to be the next Hamas leader because his father was the leader of the Hamas terrorist organization. For some reason, and I, I really wish all these kids would, for just one minute, stop screaming and, and hurting people and actually learn of which they speak. They must listen to Mossab Hassan Youssef speak at a very young age. I, I, I beg everybody to also listen to Sam Harris's latest episode about, it's really not about Israel, it's, it's about Hamas and jihadism and radical Islamism. I'm educating myself. I don't wanna spend my day learning about jihadists. They're toxic, horrible, inhuman people who think I shouldn't exist in the world. Um, P.S. Not just because I'm Jewish, but also because I'm a woman. Right. So let's start there. Um, so, so Mossab, at a very young age, who was being groomed, 
he saw how wrong it was. And we're talking, he was still a teenager. He was like 17. And he is watching these mothers strapping their six, seven, and eight-year-old boys with suicide bombs to their body and telling them they love them and, and saying, go blow up some Jews. But you'll meet God after you blow yourself up. And he was like, how can that be love? Mm -hmm. You're not protecting your children. This isn't love. This is barbarism. This is, this is inhuman. And once you watch, he ended up working for the IDF. He was a double agent for 10 years. Wow. And um, he would go to jail with his dad and all of the Hamas guys and, and pretend that he was in jail with them. But during the day, he's going off and working with the IDF to make sure that innocent people aren't being killed. He will be the first person, because he saw firsthand what Hamas does. They put all their citizens on top of their headquarters. So it's children's schools, hospitals. Of course, they don't, they look at it as martyrdom. We are, they, they've said it, they said it on the news. We are martyrs. Mm -hmm. And that's why we will meet God. The rest of you aren't. Yeah, and we're finding out now. I mean, the, the images are coming out as Israel, uh, as the IDF is going through the Al Shifa Hospital with the New York Times, with the Washington Post, with the national, you know, global media, and finding our, you know, arsenal uh, storage and evidence that it was a command center, and that the hospital and the people in it were being used as a shield. But yet, I'm already starting to see, you know, oh, it's bullshit. What are you going to believe? Is you going to believe Israel? Well, are you going to believe Hamas? Like what? What that, even when presented thing. with the facts, no one wants no to accept presented it. With the facts, and I and I'm really disappointed in the New York Times. I'm really disappointed with the BBC. Um, the way they are reporting is it's careless. And the perfect example is the rocket mm -hmm. that immediately everyone blamed Israel for bombing a hospital. Mm -hmm. It wasn't Israel. Mm -hmm. It was Hamas's own. Actually, it was Hezbollah. And it went off and it backfired. And by the way, immediately in 30 minutes, you've counted 6,000 bodies. Hamas owns the media. Mm -hmm. Hamas puts out what he, they want the world to believe. They have a very good PR uh, machine because- yeah, The ministry, it's like when they, the ministry it, puts out yes. data, it's like, it's Hamas, it's a, it's a terrorist organization. But no one's organization. believing it because they don't want to, because right. why? The Jews. They hate That's why. the Jews. Look, even when the Israeli intelligence, the United States intelligence, the U.S. president, the New York Times, AP, the French government, the Canadian government, everyone was saying at a certain point, it was not Israel that bombed that hospital. Right. Rashida Tlaib kept her tweet up, went out the next day and the day after and doubled and tripled down saying the same thing. I think that tweet is still up. And people still believe that Israel is just indiscriminately, not just bombing, but targeting. And there is a point Which to Which they're where... not, by the way, at all. They are trying so hard to remove the citizens from Gaza. Mm -hmm. Hamas is shooting its own citizens not to let them leave, taking pictures, and then saying the Israelis did it. That's where we're at. That's what... how barbaric they are. 
Be- and it's, it's just, I keep circling back. It's like Trump supporters with Trump. It doesn't matter yeah. what you show them. He's innocent. They still think the election was stolen, That's even right. with it over a thousand January 6th people in jail, having admitted they were wrong and regretting it. These idiots still believe it. And our, our democracy is so at stake right now. Mm-hmm. Everything we love about living in this country, about moving around freely, is going to be completely overturned if we go down this path and allow this. Congress must unite. You know, I was in a briefing last night. Um, I've been doing a lot of briefings with a lot of Israeli people, with a lot of Palestinian people. By the way, that's the other thing that's a myth. The Palestinian people, do you want to know? Okay, I was on a briefing. I'm going to just say this. The man who masterminded October 7th from Hamas had been in jail, in prison, from other atrocities he had committed um, against human beings in Israel. They noticed something seemed off about him. They brought him to the hospital and they discovered he had a brain tumor. They got the brain tumor out. They got him through chemo. He was in a beautiful room. Everybody cared for him. They cured him. And then he went back and masterminded October 7th. It's in the charter. It's not it, 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 it it's not a mystery what their motivation and their sole reason for existing is. It's to annihilate the Jews, the Israelis, and wipe Israel off the map from the river to the sea, which is another thing that can drive you nuts is that the kids who are spewing that have no idea yeah. what that means. You know, right. it's like they saying, have no idea what that means. That's, that's like, like what it would be the equivalent of ha- holding signs saying there must be a final solution in the Middle East. Like, well, wait, time okay. out. Like, do you know what the final solution means historically? Like they just adopt these bumper stickers. And it. I don't know whether kids you know, today think it's cool or there's a bandwagon right. or whatever, but it is some dangerous shit that's being put out there. It's it's 2023. And I look over my shoulder walking my dog. Yeah, and look, you have people at the airport in Russia. You have students in colleges. Jews are being hunted down. And and this this is why when you see Jewish kids ripping down the hostage posters and Jewish kids seeing Free Palestine from the river to the sea, it's like, wait, what? Do your parents know this shit? They're paying an awful lot of money for this, you know? I mean, I, I, I have to believe... I, I have to in order to get up in the morning. I mean, the first two weeks after October 7th, I couldn't eat or sleep. I I, I was just crying every two minutes. Well, you were very um, outspoken then about the industry that you're in, that you didn't think people were speaking out enough and, and clearly. Is that, do you, did don't. that, you still don't, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but um, I am stunned at my industry because if it was any other, can you imagine the WGA not putting out a statement after George Floyd? And yet when it was the Jews, the Jews, by the way, all of our great material on television is pretty much from the Jews. (laughs) Like the fact that they stayed silent for so long until they were pressured into, into making a statement 
by the way, Me Too movement. The Me Too movement. Women, they cut a fetus out of a mother's, a pregnant woman's stomach and filmed it. And the Me Too movement isn't condemning Hamas. What? What? what I, I, there are no words. So here's how I feel. My industry, and I love what I do, of course all the Jews are going to speak up. It's the non-Jews that need to speak up. Mm -hmm. And 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 it really it it really brings me back to nine to 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 the Holocaust and how how our ancestors must have felt mm -hmm. when yeah. their friends suddenly were like, sorry, can't come over anymore. Yeah. When has anyone ever Wait, spoken out in support of the Jews? When has, I mean, the United States in World War II sent boatloads of Jews back to Europe. Yes. I mean, when has anyone ever spoken up for the Jews in history? It, it is, um, never. It, it, I, I'll never understand it, but if there's another, like, ridiculous misconception um i had and i'm i pretty much i'm trying to stay off of social media because it it's just uh, a shithole um but uh a comment came up when i i had i don't know i had posted something about one of the hostages and um and it was like you rich bitch sitting in your mansion i'm like hold hold on a minute missy I was a waitress, a bartender, a co-check girl. I fucking worked my ass off. I didn't come from money. Because I'm successful now, as a woman in her 50s, I, I somehow don't deserve. Like, who deserves it then, right? If you don't work hard for something. Like, are, it, none of it makes sense to me. Well, it's the American dream, except we don't want Jews to have it. Like, if you're a Jew, then it's like, oh, of course, Jews have all the money, Jews have all the power. Well, of course, Hollywood defending the Jews, right. you know. But right. that's even more reason to do it, right? He's got to combat that shit, not, not succumb to yeah. it. Yeah. You know, these people who... Um, these people who think they're protecting Palestinians, the last thing I want is any child, mm -hmm. any civilian to be harmed. If we do not eradicate Hamas, it's the end of democracy. But people are only seeing what they want to see. And, you know, <laughs> Europe is next. And then us. Like, who are they? Who do they think? They think that Hamas wants them alive? And, you know, there was a, there was a, a film being shown by the, this black lesbian club um, on Columbia campus, and they put signs up that said, no Jews allowed. And as someone who plays uh, a lesbian journalist on the morning show, I'm, I'm more offended by it as a lesbian than I am as a Jew, to be honest with you, <laughs> because I want to say to them, you fucking idiots. You don't exist. Like you're even lower than the Jews. A, you're black and B, you're gay. And you're turning your back against the people who support you because Jews, they rally around everybody. Right. It's, it's such a it, complicated it situation. A lonely place to be. It is a lonely place to be. And it's, it's, I'm not, 
I was going to say it's a scary place to be, but I I find myself not really being scared. I'm I'm more I'm more just livid. Like history, yeah. it's like we've learned nothing. Some people have learned nothing from history, and this right, which is exactly right. That's why. That's why. I mean, I have to say the good. I try to always look at the silver lining. Mm-hmm. The good thing that's come out of this is in the past three weeks, I've gotten calls from people I've never even met saying, "How do I help support your program mm-hmm. to educate?" Mm-hmm. So you think, okay, the pendulum swings, right? Maybe, maybe. I think we will get back to what we need to teach. I mean, if if we can't teach our children history, it will repeat itself. Yeah, but but and and not only repeat itself, it it just it it, it gets even crazier than it is. Like this yeah. thing with Osama bin Laden. I mean, I have been stewing over it for the last forty eight hours because I I just can't wrap my arms around it. So it's like, is it if if we just ask a question today? Is it inconceivable that a week from now there will be something going around where like people are embracing Mein Kampf and saying it's a really good? Oh movie, no, it's right? happening already. Yeah, so it's like, I mean, you know, my daughter Sophie, like she says, never start a sentence with, "The good thing about Hitler is," you know, like just just stop. <laughs> like if you if you if your brain hears you saying that, stop. Just don't even mention the word. Now. I, 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 it wouldn't shock me a bit if a month from now you see students on Columbia's campus or Cornell or wherever, you know, just somehow finding that lane that to them makes Hitler the good guy and somehow America in the 1940s the bad guy. But, but also here's, okay, let's talk about Hitler for a minute. Did you see US? It's a great, name for, a, it's a great name for a show, by the way, like a one man show. Let's talk about Hitler. Talk about it. Did you see, um, U.S. and the Holocaust, the Ken Burns documentary. Everyone should watch it. It should be mandatory watching, mm-hmm. especially for the black community, if I may, because Hitler got his entire playbook from the Jim Crow South. Mm-hmm. The Nazis were watching how the Jim Crow South were treating slaves and said, oh, great call. Let's do that playbook. That's what we'll do to the Jews, which is also why in the civil rights movement, the Jews were the ones that walked side by side with with the blacks to fight for their rights Mm -hmm. because they know. And now the black community isn't embracing us and saying, we stand with you the way you stood with us. Jews died for their cause. Where's the history lesson in that? Who's who's teaching these kids? Because the fact that the entire black community isn't standing with us, to me, says either they they just are, don't know, or they've been brainwashed to hate mm-hmm. Jews. But when you've been marginalized so much as a community, the way I feel we have, isn't that when you step up? So that, well, I think the brain. I think it, you're right. I think the brainwashing is that there's this narrative that's been created that Jews are the oppressor. Jews are genocidal. When have, um, when have we ever oppressed? Ever? You can use the argument for Israel. The UN. I mean, here's what here's what kills me, is that these kids are calling Jews colonialists. If you're going to go with that argument, kids, then get the fuck out of America. Right. Because you were not here first. Right. 
Native Americans were here and you owe them a big fucking apology and move the fuck out. Yeah, we're the biggest occupier of all. And to your early point, the Jews in Israel are indigenous people. Like, you know, it's but you see, that's a history lesson. And, you know, it's much easier to just walk around a college campus with a sign and, and chant something than to actually know what the hell you're talking about. And that's that gets us back to the, the issue of education. The problem is that, that the professors, the, the deans, the, these are some of the most guilty people on college campuses right now. It, it is shocking to me. And One it, professor, I guess it was at Cornell, before anything, just hearing about the Jews that, that were slaughtered, tortured, butchered, raped, said it's exhilarating. That was his word. Yeah. And then you have people like Cornell West, who the young people are, are, you know, a lot of young people like his messaging, perhaps, calls Hamas love warriors the other day. Love warriors. How? How? Because it's a freedom fighter thing. It's a freedom fight. It's just. The Palestinian people have been kidnapped by Hamas. They will tell you that. There are recordings of women saying, please, we don't. I've heard those. Mm hmm. Oh, no, and, and no one may argue that Palestinians are living in an open-air prison, but they're not there because of Israel. They're living in an open-air no. prison because of Hamas. And if, if you want to free Palestinians, the signs that I love when I see them are the ones that say, free Palestinians from Hamas. Because that, exactly. is, that is the issue. But it's That's so comp- the fight but, we should all be having right now. Yeah. Free Palestinians from Hamas. And by the way, Hezbollah. And Al-Qaeda, they went on air and said, we will do this again and again and again and again and again until every, and they have said, I mean, it it, it was on the news. They have said, we are, we don't mind killing our civilians. They know that that's what they're for. Yeah. Well, I mean, just two weeks ago, Ghazi Hamad, who was the partner in the negotiations over the last 18 years with Gershon Baskin, who is a really fair, balanced guy who brings nuance and con- context and history into the conversation. Baskin said, enough, I can't, I can't, I've talked with you for 18 years. You helped me negotiate IDF soldier Galid Shalit's release in 2011. I can't talk to you anymore. You have surpassed the levels of inhumanity that it, there's no return. And that's the guy who said, we are going to do this again and again. And again. so... At the same time, kids in America and people in America are saying free Palestine and supporting Hamas. Hamas is saying we are going to do what we did on October 7th again and again and again and again until Israel is destroyed. Where's the disconnect? What is happening here? But then you look back on Trump and and, and the Trump years. It's crazy. You know, love letters to Kim Jong-un blowing Putin on stage at Helsinki. Like it's been going crazy for a while. I mean, the Republican Party or, or Putin people now right it's we don't want to, right we don't want to support ukraine like if you learn it's nothing? crazy now yeah. i'm not scared but it is scary because i know a lot of people who are scared um yeah. you know my story i've lived through enough horror in my life i've gotten through some shit in my life I, i'm not scared but i'm angry i'm angry at what i'm seeing you know i grew up with never again what does that mean that's just yeah. bullshit you know because never again it was again yeah. it was again on october 7th so that's done but what does it never again mean? Is that just a nice ha- hashtag for people on social media? That's where I think that's where the hurt comes in for me. Because every Jewish kid, whether your family was religious or not, learned never again. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think for me, the hurt comes when 
girlfriends of mine who were at my wedding where I got married under a chuppah by a rabbi have still yet to reach out to me mm. to say, are you okay? That's where the hurt comes in from people that you thought valued your life mm -hmm. the way I value theirs. And the shift now, which I'm not scared either, uh, honestly. I, 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 I mean, there's some days where I don't want to get out of bed, and then there's other days where I just, I'm like, bring it on, motherfucker. Uh, you know, please come at me and let me, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I get, I vacillate between wanting to just be courageous and wanting to just hide under the covers. But the truth is, the hurt for me, and I can say for most of my girlfriends who are Jewish, is like, how, how have our friends not reached out? Mm. And I had penned a letter a week after October 7th, a letter to my non-Jewish friends, because I kind of, I realized that they just don't carry the weight that we carry. And I thought maybe this could be a teaching moment instead of a shaming moment or an angry moment. Mm -hmm. Let's let's recalibrate and 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 look at this as a teaching moment. And um, I wanted it to be an op-ed in the New York Times, and they took it and sat on it for a good week. And then when I finally got the editor's notes, it said, and by the way, when I sent it in, the title was A Letter to My Non-Jewish Friends. They sent it back and they said, this sounds more like a letter. After sitting on it for a week, could you talk more about have you been violently um, oppressed Let's talk about anti-Semitism. Can you talk more about your Holocaust education program? And I was like, it is a letter. I speak for so many Jews when I write a letter to my non-Jewish friends saying it hurts us. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you why. And let me explain why. And so I took the letter back. I was like, you know what? You are not the right publication for, for this letter. Yeah, they, they, they've lost their way they, for many reasons way. over the years. Yeah, and the, the, the situation you're referring to is similar to what happened with Trump, where it divided families. We lost friend. I've lost friendships. I lost family members to it. And this is the same kind of thing. Like, you could be sitting on social yeah. media looking at something, and then somebody you really like, who's a friend of yours, all of a sudden is, like, going off on, on Israel being a genocidal maniac country. And you're like, what? <laughs> so now you're faced yeah. with, like, how do, how do I view my friendship with this person the same way when this is now how I know they feel? about it, part of my identity, you know? No, me too. I mean, it's it's very tricky. And I think a lot of us are feeling, uh, I, I feel more sad about, I will lose friends. Mm. Um, unless, you know, I do have one friend um, who had signed that first letter in London that was really insulting. They never even mentioned what Hamas did to 1,200 Jews. And I think she realized, shit, I signed that too fast because then she's been reaching out to me. Mm. And I, um, and I love her and I explain things to her mm -hmm. and I let her know. And I, and pretty much, I would say every two or three days, she texts me to say, are you okay? And I'm thinking of you. And look, we're all human and we're allowed mistakes. And so I, 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 I am always the first person 
to to say apology accepted. Um, but it's going to take, you know, she happens to be a very thoughtful human being. And I think she got just sort of sidelined, um, to sign that letter, which was shocking to me, Mm. but the truth of the matter is she's seeing it now. And so that's good. Right. But she's also an educated, self-learned human being. So I don't know how many people are going to, no, no. And I I think those, sadly, those, those people are in the minority. It's, a complicated world. I do appreciate you coming on and helping make some sense of it with us. From oh, a very... I don't think I made any sense. No, of it. I, I think it's it's good for people to share their concerns, their fears, their frustrations, especially from all walks of life. And I think you are in a minority in the industry you work in, and I think you're an important voice. And so I appreciate thank it, you. and I know a lot of people do. So thank you for coming. This definitely on. was not the walk I thought I'd be walking, Andy. One of the questions I ask people when they're on recently and we're talking about this is like, can you ever in your wildest imagination think this is where we'd be in 2023? Not at all. I just want to act. that's what's sad. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, the strike's over. So hopefully that, you know, the, the, you know it all, it's all going to get back to, back to yeah, normal. Yeah, but that's the thing. And you're doing the right thing too, which is we're not staying sired. Yeah. And honestly, I do believe we are on the right side of history. That's for sure. Thank you so much for having me. Take Take care. care. Bye-bye. This episode of The Back Room was edited and produced by me, Andy Ostroy. It was co-edited and co-produced by Maddie Rosenberg and co-produced by Jen Hamoud. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Hollander, and our logo was designed by Cricket Langell. And special thanks to Patricia Wind. Please take a moment to rate and review the podcast, and also follow or subscribe. Until next time, keep your eyes on Washington, Hollywood, and your own backyards, and have a great week. 